Shalom, I'm Rabbi Stewart, and I'm delighted to be here with you again for your weekly broadcast of Your Jewish Connection. You know, we're right in the middle of celebrating the Feast of Sukkot, seven days, the Feast of Tabernacles in English. And uh, as I told you, it is my favorite of all of God's appointed festivals. You know, 2,000 years ago, Yeshua celebrated Sukkot in Jerusalem. And today we're going to take a look at that because he made an announcement that changed the course of the world. And that announcement was made on Sukkot. Stay tuned. Welcome to Your Jewish Connection with Rabbi Stewart, connecting you to the Jewish identity of Jesus and the Jewish roots of the Christian faith. Here now, Rabbi Stuart Winograd. We are discussing the biblical feasts, God's appointments with us, God's appointed times, God's appointed festivals, found in Leviticus 23, verse 1 and 2. And this is a second part of a two-part uh, segment focusing on the Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot. And uh, as I told you, I love all of God's appointed feasts, God's appointed times, but Sukkot is my favorite, and the reason it is is because it is the kind of culmination of them all with the theme of themes being God dwells with his people. And, uh, you know, the last day of Sukkot is uh, October 20th this year at sundown, so we're right in the middle of things. And uh, speaking of last, the last day of the feast is a special one, seven-day feast. It's called the Hoshana Rabbah, the great salvation, the great day of the feast. And, you know, if you were in ancient Israel during this Hoshana Rabbah, last day of Sukkot, Feast of Tabernacles, it would be a time when just the excitement of the whole feast was reaching a climax. Day after day, it would just be building, 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 and now on day seven, the Hoshana Rabbah, it's kind of peaking, it's at a climax. And I want to give you a little picture of what was going on down there. First of all, I want you to understand that there was this water ceremony that was going on. The Levites would descend from the Temple Mount and gather water from the Pool of Siloam. And as they entered the Temple Courts again with the water, uh, they came up from the south through the water gate, thus the name of this gate, the water gate. And their steps were greeted by the sound of shofars, trumpets, Blasts, people shouting and crying out, Hoshiana, Lord save us, Hoshiana, Lord save us. And they'd be crying out for physical rain so that the spring crops would be strong and healthy because they needed that rain. And uh, they'd also be crying out for the salvation of God. And this comes from Psalm 118, verse 25, 26, where it says, Hey, Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And from the house of the Lord, we bless you. And when the, when the Levites would pour out the water, the people were reminded 
of the words of the Jewish prophet Isaiah. Chapter 12, verse 3 says this, and they'd be reminded of these words. With joy you shall draw water out of the wells of salvation. And Yeshua, in all likelihood, seized this very moment on the Hoshana Rabbah to make an, announce, an announcement that would change the world and transform millions of lives from then until now. Let's take a look at it. It's recorded in John chapter 7. We're going to start with verse 14 so we get a little intro, and then the key verses are 37 through 39. So about halfway through the feast, verse 14 says, Yeshua went up to the temple and began teaching. So it was kind of in the middle of the Feast of Sukkot. He didn't go right at the beginning. He went in the middle because he had a purpose. He told this to his brothers earlier in that chapter. He went up in the middle and began to teach. And then it says in 37 to 39, on the last and great day of the feast, the Hoshana Rabbah, Yeshua stood up and cried out loudly, not softly, loudly, so that everyone could hear. And you remember that this feast was one of the three pilgrimage feasts. So there were Jewish people from every known nation under heaven at the time gathered together at the temple in Jerusalem. God chose this time to make this announcement because it was strategic. And he says, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Because whoever believes in me, as the scripture says, out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Verse 39, now he said this about the Holy Spirit, whom those who trusted in him were going to receive, for the Spirit was not yet given, since Yeshua was not yet glorified, meaning that he did not give his life yet, rise from the dead and ascend into heaven. So here we have it. Yeshua says that on Sukkot, as the people are crying out for the waters of rain, physical waters, and the waters of salvation, spiritual waters, he said, here it is, I'm it. You got to come to me. You want it? You want the blessing? It's me. You want the salvation? It's me. You want the spiritual waters? It's me. And you remember he was the one who was giving spiritual food and drink. We pointed this out last week to the children of Israel who wandered in the desert for 40 years during the time of Moses. So he is proclaiming this now on the Feast of Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles. And we know that this was fulfilled in Acts chapter 2 when the Holy Spirit fell on the disciples, the apostles and disciples, and people who embrace Yeshua receive the Holy Spirit. What an amazing gift, God dwelling in us. God dwells with his people, the key theme of Sukkot. And I want to share a personal story about Sukkot that will really bring home some important truths. I'm going to call this Sukkot with Umbrellas, 2004. It occurred in 2004. At that point in time, my wife and I were living in 
Minsk, Belarus, capital city of Belarus, Minsk, and uh, part of the former Soviet Union. And uh, it was very difficult to rent meeting halls for services during that time. And just recently, we were told that our Yom Kippur Day of Atonement service would be the last that we can have in this hall. And we could not find another hall to rent in the entire city in order to have our Sukkot Feast of Tabernacles celebration, which is only five days after Yom Kippur. And so my wife, Chantal, uh, we were all praying, and my wife, Chantal, saw a picture of tents in her mind, like Sukkah, and she saw them in the forest outdoors. And so even though this was the rainy season, she said, I think we're supposed to have it outdoors and it's going to be great. And everybody on our leadership team opposed it at first and said, no, it's going to be cold, rainy, people won't come, they're going to get soaked, it'll be like just a mess. But Chantal, she exuded confidence that God was putting this on her heart. And then one of our leaders agreed, and then we were all convinced, and we said, okay, we'll go for it. We're going to have Sukkot in the forest outside. So the preparations were made, and then the night before, torrential rains. And you can imagine how my wife Chantal felt. So she's up praying and praying and praying, and as she's praying, oh, Lord, stop the rain, you know, we need good weather. And there would be moments when it seemed like the storm was letting up, and then just a few minutes later, boom, another gush, and it would be pouring rain. Uh, (laughs) And she was starting to imagine, oh, my goodness, you know, I blew this completely, complete failure. And, uh, but God was saying, calm down, Chantal, and just listen. And so he got her attention. And once Chantal stopped praying, sometimes you got to stop praying and just listen. And when she stopped trying to convince God to stop the rain, God spoke to her heart and he said, is the sign of my blessing a sunny day? And she said, no. What is the sign of my blessing? God asked her. And she said rightly, it's you, your very presence with us. And at that moment, when she answered that, this amazing peace and calm came into her soul. And it was raining a bit when people came, and lots of people came. They came with umbrellas and good attitudes, and we had the most joyful Sukkot celebration in all of our lives. Why? Because God didn't honor us with a sunny day. He honored us with a very strong manifestation of his presence And people were, if you allow this kind of language, were bathing in the love and goodness of God. And I think it was the first ever messianic dance with umbrellas because while it was drizzling, people were holding their umbrellas and just the praise and worship was, was, music was going and people just grabbed their umbrellas and were dancing to the Lord in celebration for his goodness and kindness. It's our best and most memorable celebration ever. And it wasn't because he gave us a sunny day. It was because he moved powerfully in our midst. He, God, the theme of Sukkot, Yeshua, the Holy Spirit, dwells with his people. And so I want to talk more about this super important, supernatural topic. 
Stay tuned. We'll be right back after the break. Shalom again. If you just tuned in, we're talking about God's appointed times, times where he is appointed to meet us uh, and so that we can draw near to him and remember him and his good works and his ways. And I just shared a, a story uh, that we experienced, uh, my wife and I and, and our congregation in Belarus, a story about Sukkot that drove home the lesson that you know, it's not all of God's blessings that we should seek. It's great when he, you know, prospers us, gives us a job, opens a door, uh, heals us, helps us. But the biggest blessing is God's presence with us, God himself. And this is why that saying was developed, that we should seek his face and not his hand. Because when we seek his face, we're going to also receive his hand outstretched to give us all of his blessings. So I want to encourage you, focus on developing an intimate walk with Yeshua. The theme of Sukkot is God dwells with his people and he wants his people to be in intimate fellowship with him and to dwell with him. You know, Yeshua told us about receiving the Holy Spirit on Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles. And I want to remind you why God gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's written in the book of Acts, verse 1, chapter 1, verse 8. It says this, and these are the words of Yeshua, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all of Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You see, the purpose of purposes that God gives us his Holy Spirit is so that we would be receivers of the love and power of God, but not just to keep to ourselves so that we can share it with those around us, our family members, our brothers and sisters in the Lord, but equally important, and so often we, we just lose focus on this, equally important and based on Acts one eight so that we would let those rivers of living water that Yeshua spoke about in John chapter 7, the Holy Spirit, rivers of living water, life, truth, love, mercy, kindness, rivers of living water would flow out of us. Where? To the people who need to know that Yeshua loves them, died for them, and gave his life for them. And so, Where are we supposed to do this? Do you need to travel across the oceans to do this? No. We should do this everywhere, where we live, when we're in the supermarket, on the street, in our neighborhoods, in our homes, in our workplaces, coming and going. That's where we should do it. We should be filled with the Holy Spirit. That should be our goal. And so that being filled with the Holy Spirit, we can let rivers of living water flow out of us. When do we do it? All the time. And when we're not doing it, we're just getting refilled. And why? Because Yeshua wants us to. He's depending upon us. He said that he is sending us to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. 
The Holy Spirit is our comforter, and that's great. He's our strength, and that's great. He's our guide, and he leads us into all truth, and that's great. We should embrace all that, appreciate all that, enjoy all that. But let's not ignore the fact that the Holy Spirit was also given to us for others so that we would be a light in their lives, helping them to walk with Yeshua or to find him. You know, it was Acts 1-8, in a sense, that took us to Belarus, My wife and I and our four children, we moved from our dream home in New York to Belarus in 1995, and it was because Yeshua gave us a calling, and he put it in our hearts, and he said, I want you to bring my love and the gospel to the Jewish people and all people in Belarus. It is a broken land where communism uh, just caused economic and spiritual poverty, and so we said yes to the call. And when we got there, we understood that the people were in desperate need. You know, some people look in desperate need and other people don't look in desperate need, but they're both in desperate need. You know, the guy in the multi-million dollar mansion with all of the best toys, he may not look like it, but if he doesn't have the love and salvation of Yeshua, he's in desperate need of it. And the people in Belarus, they looked like it, and they were in desperate need of the living waters to flow out of us. And God indeed was moving powerfully, and we were just seeking to hang on to him. And I want to encourage your faith with some wonderful stories that happened in Belarus. But then I'm going to move on here to just some great stories that are happening here in uh, North America as well. So here's one. We were doing our first ever uh, baptism or water immersion mikvah service, and I think we were immersing about 20 people. And there were a bunch of people because, you know, all of this was new there. So there were a bunch of people that were not only friends and relatives of those being immersed in water, but others that wanted to know what was going on, and they were watching. And there was one Jewish woman uh, named Zoya, and she had this big growth on her hand. And nobody prayed for her during this service. Nobody. And suddenly she was shocked and told Uh, the woman next to her who was a member of our congregation in Minsk, oh, my goodness, this growth on my hand is going down. And within a few days, it was completely gone, no medical reason for it to disappear. It should have just kept staying the way it was. And uh, it was a miracle healing. And Zoya gave her life to Yeshua, the Messiah of Israel, the Savior of all, until the day that she passed on to be with him in eternity, She had a home group in her home because she understood that once you're saved, you need to give your life in service to the Lord and service to others. What a great story. I want to tell you also about Mikhail Israelovich. I think I might have told this story once before, but if you missed it, this was a man who was uh, living in a kind of uh, very simple wooden cottage. He was living alone. But guess what? He couldn't get out of his bed, and he didn't get a whole lot of visits. And so his nephew would take care of him a few times a week, and that was it. It's amazing the man survived. But one of the members of our congregation, a babushka, a grandmother, found out about him, and uh, she began to visit him. And uh, one day she came to me, and she said, Rabbi Stewart, uh, I'm visiting this man and uh, I'm following your teachings because 
When I started to visit him, his whole home, it, it smelled terrible, and he was he was as mean as the smell in his house. And uh, and I just started praying for him and casting devils away from him and telling him how much God loves him and wants to give him a new life. And he's accepted Yeshua, and he wants to get immersed in water, but he can't walk. Will you come to his home and immerse him? And I said, of course we will. So I went with three other guys because we had to lift him up. And when we got there, we explained to Mikhail what it meant. We understood. He understood about salvation and water immersion. And we carried him to the bathtub, and we, we immersed him in water. We didn't pray for his healing. And then we said, Mikhail, we're going we're gonna to take you back to your bed. And you know what he said to us? No, I will walk. And we go, uh, what's he talking about? It had nothing to do with my faith or the faith of my elders. Mikael had an understanding from the Lord that when he got immersed in water, he was going to walk. And so we helped him out of the tub, and he walked to his bed. And then till the day he went to be with the Lord, he took public transportation, a bus and a metro, and with his little stick, and he came to service. On time, by the way, week after week, every Sabbath, you know. And this was just amazing you know, but this is another manifestation of God, the supernatural God dwelling with us. I also uh, want to tell you about um, uh, a couple of stories from here in America. I remember when I was in, in Florida ministering in a congregation, and uh, we were in Starbucks because the rabbi's wife wanted to get some coffee. And uh, I'm standing out of line. I was going to get some tea. And, like, I turn and I see this big muscular guy. And I, I'm just like gravitated to him. And so I start walking. I just sense the Holy Spirit wanted me to go to him. So I start walking to him. And I didn't know what I was going to say. But then I said to him, do I know you? Do you know me? And he said, I don't think so unless you, you visited me down here in this factory. I said, no, I'm, I'm just a visitor here for a weekend. I said, did you ever live in New York? He said, no. And I said, then I'm pretty sure this is why I'm supposed to be here talking to you. This may sound strange to you, but this is it, and this is what I said to him. I said, God wants you to know he hasn't forgotten you. He has a good purpose for your future, and uh, he remembers you. He loves you. Well, his girlfriend next to him starts jumping up and down. His face gets like, oh, you know, awe on his face, and he says, I used to be the leader of men's ministry in my church, and I used to be part of that, that group of guys that would go about in ministry and chop concrete blocks in half. He said, but that's been a while. I said, are you encouraged today? He said, yes. Maybe I changed his life just by being obedient to the Holy Spirit and letting some, just a little bit of that rivers of living water, that Sukkot living water flow out of me. So I want to encourage you. It's on my radar day after day to let those rivers of life, love, and truth flow out of me because the world needs it. Let them flow out of you, grow in it, learn how to do it. You know, if you're not used to it, you'll get used to it. Believe me, God wants to help you with it. Hey, look, uh, if you missed any of these broadcasts, you can get them on reachii.org. And if you want to celebrate Sukkot or any of the other biblical feasts, my friend, Messianic Rabbi Barney Kasdan, wrote a great book. It's called God's Appointed Times. And, uh, uh, we'd like to send it to you as a thank you gift if uh, if you would uh, help us bring 
the love of Yeshua to the Jewish world uh, around the world, in Israel and around the world. And so for your gift of $18 or more, uh, please request God's appointed time. It's our way of thanking you and blessing you for standing with us for the salvation and blessing of the people of Israel, the Jewish people. Uh, and uh, uh, I think you'll enjoy celebrating Sukkot. Let's have a little prayer together. Avinu Malkeno, our Father, our King. Sukkot is about God dwelling with us, the Holy Spirit being in us, and the rivers that the Holy Spirit gives us, the rivers of living water flowing out of us so that we would be witnesses of Yeshua's love and salvation to the world around us. Lord, strengthen us, give us courage and boldness to do this more fully and more often than ever before. And may you be glorified, many people blessed in Yeshua's name. We look forward to catching you next week at Your Jewish Connection.